What's up, it's Chase Young. What's up, this is Terry McLaurin. This is Carson Wentz, and you're listening to Washington Football Talk Podcast. Well, it was not pretty. It was it was the opposite of pretty. It was quite ugly. But damn, the Commanders needed that win. Uh, it doesn't do a heck of a lot to change, frankly, what I think is the is the scope of the season. But maybe it just lets these guys relax for a weekend, and I feel like they could use it. We're going to break it all down this Washington Football Talk podcast. On the football field, the action happens in the blink of an eye. It's like that off the field, too, when you've been injured. In a split second, your life is changed. Whether on the field or in the courtroom, when you've been injured, you need the right teammates by your side. You need Chase and Boscolo, a law firm willing to protect and fight for your rights. On the football field or in the courtroom, having the right team determines whether you win or lose. When injuries change your life, call Chase and Boscolo, trial lawyers that care. What up, everybody? It's J.P. Finley. It's the Washington Football Talk podcast. This is a podcast after a winning game. Hallelujah. It is sponsored by Orsman Automotive of Virginia. We arrive at them. want you to do the same thing. They got seven locations all over northern Virginia. Alexandria to Chantilly. Look, buy your car, sell your car, anything you want. They'll take care of it. Uh, good morning, boys. How are we doing? Anybody? Hello. Doing fantastic. I was waiting for shirtless Pete to uh, to pipe in. We're a uh, timestamp guy. It's what nine thirty on uh, Friday morning. JP and I just flew back from uh, beautiful Chicago, and uh, we're ready to go with the podcast here. Mitch, barely remembering what city he was in eight hours ago. I just want the listeners to know that JP and Mitch, after hours and hours at Soldier Field. Windy, cold soldier field. They woke up after probably 30 minutes of sleep, flew back, and are recording this now. It's not a pretty lifestyle sometimes, but they sure do work their asses off. And I want the listeners to know that for some ungodly reason, Pete is deciding to do this Zoom with no shirt on. So um, we're all in You only get so many winning podcasts. Pete's celebrating. Yeah, and what you can't see is I'm not wearing any pants either. This is a naked pod. It's like... It's Mardi Gras for Pete. Um, I well then since since we're celebrating that twelve seven rock fight, um, let's all come up with one positive from the game. These guys are clearly uh, a little undercoached and make mistakes uh, left and right, both in formations and 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 plays and and all that jazz. But they're playing hard. And there are a couple of plays that you point that that I noticed that kind of stick out to me. And you know, one of them is Carson Wentz throwing the block on the Brian Robinson run uh, near the near the goal line. I mean, Carson's playing injured. We knew he hurt his hand during the game. He had the bicep injury going into it. Still stuck his shoulder in the middle of Roquan Smith's chest, and uh, and gave gave B Rob a shot to get in. And then early in the game on the Khalil Herbert uh, sixty-five yard run. James Smith Williams was the was the guy who made the tackle at the end of that run. I think uh, the next gen stats thing said that Herbert ran 91 yards on that play, you know, left and right uh, before before getting tackled. And James Smith Williams to, to to have that pursuit and to keep to to keep at that play and 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 run that down is is shows effort, shows guys that are trying. They might be frustrated about losing. Fans might be frustrated about everything that's going on with the organization. They certainly haven't quit on Ron. 
And and that's and that says something. I totally agree with you. Just a cor- correction. It was Casey Tuhill and F.A. Obata who chased down Herbert. I tweeted out the play, but yes, for them, those guys got knocked to the ground. They had to backtrack. They had to work through all these bodies flying around. They were able to get them on the sidelines, and then a goal line stand happened. So they did not give up, and that's admirable. My positive thing is that this defensive line uh, is showing up. Like, thank God it's happening. Um, they had five sacks last night, four by the D-line. Montez Sweat had a huge one on a third and one late. They've been running the ball down their throat all night. They decide to pass. They're unable to pull it off. Sweat drops him for a sack. John Allen's doing big things. Deron Payne just continues to stack together impressive performance after impressive performance. So while there aren't maybe enough strip sacks or, or where was this last year, whatever you want to say about it, this season, they are up to 19 sacks, and they are routinely influencing opposing teams' passing games, and it's really pleasant to see. And that's a group that you can win with if the other units around them on both sides of the ball pick up their play a little bit. Yeah, D-line's been good. Mitch talking about effort. I feel like, I feel like Ron took over his body and, and gave that little <laughs> speech. Um, I think, for me, I'll say that there's like a lot of signs of a, of a highly functional run game. And I think the run game didn't get going until they started using Gibson in the second half. And I, I perhaps they want to make Robinson this workhorse, but like, I think you use all three of those guys and, and let them show their strengths and which are all different. Um, and I think maybe if you can get that going and, and grow on it, that could maybe help Carson. Um, so there's some positives from the 12, seven win in Chicago. Uh, Thursday night football, some of like the Broncos Colts game that was so awful. I think that finished 12, nine last night's 12, seven. So many of these Thursday night games are so bad. Like w- there needs to be a level of honesty here that everybody's like, Oh, the Thursday night teams are trash. Like you're asking players and coaches, frankly, to play a game. They're not physically ready for. And the coaches haven't had time to game plan like like you're asking those games to suck and i get why like it's a giant television product worth 11 billion dollars like i i understand the why i'm just saying like the nfl is never going to admit that but like we as fans or perhaps media whatever whatever line you you're in like when you're consuming thursday night games in the nfl just be honest with yourself and know like all right at best, the, this game is going to be 75% of a normal game. And more often than not, it's closer to 50 or 30 or 25% of a normal game. So I, I just think, I don't know, like everybody's mad at Amazon or Thursday Night Football or whatever. Like the product is asking to suck. So when it sucks, don't be mad about it. If you, if you buy a sweatshirt from a dollar store and the sweatshirt falls apart after a week, it's because you bought it at the dollar store. I could use a sweatshirt since I'm doing this podcast shirtless and maybe naked. Look, did, did it being Thursday night make Cam Sims have a false start after the after the third quarter on the first play of the fourth quarter? No, but it does exacerbate issues that bad teams or just any team has. I agree with you, JP. Now, you could look at this and do the stupid, a win is a win, survive in advance, all those cliches. And I do think, like you said in the intro, this does provide a lift for the players. Now they can go home, 
do whatever they want over the weekend, come back, and it doesn't feel like the whole season is just fully collapsed on top of them. However, I will lean more towards this victory delaying the inevitable instead of sparking a turnaround. Now, sure, uh, this team sure. likes to I, talk about I was talking it's... about the. I was talking about Thursday night in general, not yeah, specific yeah. to last night. Yeah, yeah, and I'm, I'm transitioning now just to looking ahead. Um, this team – uh, after its bye week last year, went on a big run. This is a mini bye week. I don't really have faith in this coaching staff to discover some secrets, but maybe they can look at that run game and they can look at how they got Terry involved and extrapolate that out towards the rest of the season. And there is an uptick in play, but um, I still expect this to just be a second win, not necessarily followed by three, four, five, six, seventh wins. I think it 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 is uh, just a, a little reprieve from the avalanche we talked about not necessarily a, a sunny day on the horizon is anybody did is did anybody draw a conclusion that last night will will foster some six game win streak i did not no i don't think anybody has that conclusion but there are probably some people who are like oh man you guys are so hard on this team i think most people realize what they watched last night and aren't coming away with any sort of pep in their step but uh, I also am sure that Ron is like, look, see, we played our asses off. This is possible. And that's what he wants to tell his players. And that's fine. But I think anyone with a functioning brain is very up to speed on how uninspiring and just meh that win was. And meh is probably far too complimentary. So you, I mean, just in case anybody has pep in their step, you just want to step on their toe. That's kind of what you want to be sure of. Yeah, I want them to put both feet on the ground and stand still and probably even just take a seat on the couch and, and bro- you get relax. That pep right out of here. Yeah, take no pep. Just want them to be where their feet are. Yeah. You're the Without- shirtless one. <laughs> that has nothing to do with the mood of the uh, result, okay? This is just what I do in the morning. I walk around shirtless because I'm so damn ripped. Jesus. Listen, the biggest thing that needs to happen in this little mini bye week is they got to figure out figure out the procedural things that are happening with this team because it's a joke that there's multiple 12 men on the field and then 10 men oh. on the field and then uh, uh, you know illegal men down illegal men downfield and just all the mistakes that this team makes it's these they're it's it's coaching I mean like it, I don't know what else you can put on it but these guys got it they have to figure out how to procedurally get in and out of plays and and not have these not have these issues because it's 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 honestly a little embarrassing that you have 12 men on the field and get beat for a 40-yard touchdown uh way more than a little embarrassing it it, the game probably should have ended right there and how about some more third down efficiency i mean they were two and 11 last night that's another sub 20 percent outing figure something out that works they tried everything they tried uh Shotgun handoffs with Carson rolling out. They tried deep balls to Deami Brown. They tried runs. They tried all these jet sweeps and whatever, and nothing worked. Find something you can rely on so we can build some damn drives and not have to hope that Tressway can just force more muffed punts instead of uh, just building a real possession. Can I give a game ball to Tress? But, yes, the the penalties last night were unbelievable. Uh, uh, to have a 12-man on the field penalty and give up a 40-yard touchdown – is embarrassing and then coming out of a quarter break so your team had an entire like four minute tv timeout like you know the play call you know the snap count all of it and to have a false start in that situation is unfathomable like what the actual and and there were just so many more like listen man they won the game 
and 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 I mean this sincerely. Like, I assume we'll get to his outburst. Like Ron flipping out, I I get, but it's probably a little heavier than it should have been. But like, I am happy for those dudes. They snapped a four game losing streak, and that they get a weekend off to chill with their families. And like, don't have the stink of a five-game losing streak. Like, I, I am happy for them, but this this team, this team, this offense especially just looks broken. And I mean, Pete, we kind of fought, disagreed about this last week. You tried to tell me that Carson looked pretty good. He was bad last night at halftime. He was five of fourteen uh, for I think. 47 or 57 he finished the game how many nfl quarterbacks play an entire game and throw for fewer than 100 yards like yeah and it and it wasn't like he only had seven throws he had 22 of them and he couldn't exceed right. 100 yards that one uh third and five to mckissick that out route where carson was just falling over backwards sidearmed it and basically hit the guy holding the the first down marker like that is perfectly emblematic of where he's struggling. Yes, we know the offensive line is in shambles. Those first two sacks, Wentz couldn't even finish his drop back, but there are so many other plays on his own where he's just botching it himself. So it, it's I, the same thing for a month. The O-line is broken. Carson Wentz is frustrating and Scott Turner isn't helping anyone. So it's a, it's a, it's a pie with three big juicy slices that nobody wants to eat. If you were missed to not point out that Curtis Samuel dropped a 40, 40 yard touchdown pass. Not that that would make it yes, definitely. by any means, but that would help out. And a lot. then he dropped like an easy 10 yarder after that. There's a drop of Palooza. Like yeah. But uh, the other thing with Carson that's 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 frustrating is we talk about the big arm all the time and getting the ball downfield, which is, is what it is. Those little dagger routes that he throws to JD McKissick coming out oh. of the backfield on third and short, he just absolutely fires at him. And he has, McKissick has, no shot. If they're accurate, maybe the ball catches him. Otherwise, he's just firing it through his uh, through his hands. And it's it's how like how can you have so little touch? It's it's a uh, it's 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 confounding. And then then like that one like actually well drawn up play to the yeah the fake the toss throwback to Gibson. back to Gibson. Carson throws play. it off one foot. There's four blockers and. The bad throw hurt it, but also Leno misses a, the the one defender he had to block. He wasn't able to get his hands on it, so that's just there were another. Three just, dudes there. It wasn't just Leno. Yeah, there was, but like, it was. If it's, a, it was a, if it's a better throw or any Leno was, it was. It was designed for Leno to get there, but like if any of those guys can just slow that dude up, that's a house call. That's an yeah. easy house call. He could right. have ran to the to the other stadium site in Chicago if it was a better throw and the blocks happened. But there, that's it. That's okay. You finally get a nice play call, but then the O line messes up and then Carson can't do his part either. It, it they can never get everybody in sync. Well their red zone offense, you talk about it, all that's broken. The red zone offense is, is broken. The the, the 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 Brian Robinson touchdown, they just handed the ball off to him continuously until he got in. But every other time that they're in the red zone or they they got goal to go, it's just it's it's entirely lost. It seems to make no sense and they're not they're not even close to scoring on these plays. It's 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 Carson, you know, trying to make a play and guys not either being open or or uh, or the O line giving up a you know giving up giving up a pressure. But it's it's frustrating in the red zone watching these guys go. So I'm gonna have to go. You guys can do all the like uh, sure 
whatever the Mark Torina spreadsheets are, you guys can do. Um, but let's just talk about Ron flipping out because that kind of became its own story. Well, I wanted to do say one thing, and, and we all kind of touched on this. The defense was really good. I, I mean, you're still giving up big plays. The fact that if Daryl Mooney just catches that ball at the goal line at the end, they lose to the Bears, and I don't know what this morning looks like. I, I mean, talk about a game of inches. Oh, my God, dude. <laughs> like, they, the Bears easily could have won this game, which is really troubling. But we'll try to move past that. I'm encouraged by the defensive line. Um, the Bears' offense is also just awful. But Rod flipping out last night. I get that he's pissed off. And frankly, I think that report, it was in. Just because Dan was in on Carson doesn't mean that it was Dan's decision. And I think they tried to frame it as like a binary call of Snyder went after this quarterback. I know that Ron liked it. Like, I know that Ron liked him too. It doesn't mean that Dan didn't. But, like, I think to try to present this as a one-person, you know, authoritarian move is incorrect. And I think – I don't know. Carson just keeps getting dragged through the mud, and he just keeps smiling and doing nothing wrong. It's like, you're not playing very well, dude. They might bench you because you had 99 passing yards in a full game. But you, he doesn't deserve all the extra stuff. And I feel like maybe part of Ron's flip out was because of that. It's funny how the week started with Ron intentionally, unintentionally. We've talked about it ad nauseum, putting the spotlight on Carson. And then it ends with him being on the complete opposite side of the spectrum, yelling the F-bomb, trying to defend Carson. I think that uh, is just really nice summation of, what this whole week was and what it's like to be the quarterback of the commanders. Yeah. I, I continue to feel bad for Carson off the field on the field is another story. Uh, Ron, I, I love the passion because we see him all too much, just be the stoic calm leader and it's good. But um, I would, I would tell him like, look, you, you kind of started this and you work for Dan Snyder. You got to just realize this comes with the territory and he can get angry about it, but he played a role in it. And uh, it, it felt misplaced in my book. I don't know that it felt misplaced, at least at least not to me. I, didn't, I, I understand where all this frustration comes from. The only, like, small bit of pushback that I, that I give on the whole thing is that Carson gives off this whole air of he doesn't pay attention, he doesn't know what's happening outside. You know, like, we, he keeps saying that he doesn't know, know any of this stuff. So for Ron to feel like he has to defend him and the kid, like, Ron was like, I have to defend this kid so much. Carson's not a kid. He's taken lumps in the NFL for, for years, uh, you know, do you want, do you want better for him? Sure. Do you not want him to deal with this? These shenanigans? Absolutely. But at the same time, you know, it's all part of, it's all part of uh, where you're at, the team you play for, the city you're in and the quarterback situation. That, 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 that. Yeah. I mean, that's what part of me thinks Rod should just chill out and stop doing this. Carson played in Philly and got ran into the ground in Philly. That's infinitely harder than anything that happens here in Washington when expectations are pretty damn low anyway. Like, I don't know, man. 
it just it sucks that Ron and Carson got pulled into a Dan story. And maybe that's what Ron's mad about. There was also a moment where it seemed like Ron was going to say that. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. Like, there was a, a moment where it seemed like Ron was about to say, like, you guys wanted me fired. And it was, he didn't say it. Like, he stopped. Yeah, 100% was going to say that. And then he caught himself. Right. It was, it was an emotional. It, it, Ron knows what he's got, right? He knows he's got a pretty bad team. But he knows he's able to like keep these guys playing hard, and he knows he's he pushes them to play hard, and I think that's why it was so important to him to react last night. And I think Mitch and I were debating this. Some of it's calculated with him, and I think he tries to make a point after losses of not losing his cool, so that maybe he feels he he is okay to do it after wins. And so I wonder if some of last night was showing how fiery he could be. Um, but I, I think it got away from him. Wait, say say he was a little calculated and wanted to show some fire. I think it got away from him regardless. He, he's typically very calculated, but I think his nerves are so frayed at this point that he's starting to stray from that plan. And between the – this organization's won five Super Bowls. Are you kidding me? And then – the Monday presser, and then last night we've seen him really wobble and just seem a bit unhinged, and I don't blame him. Running this team would make anybody lose their mind, and he is a human being. But um, as long as he can keep the players organized, then I guess that's what matters most. I mean, not organized because they make all these penalties, but at least just focused on winning and believing in him. Who cares what he does in the media? But for us, it's very apparent that um, Ron's time in Ashburn is aging him about 30 years more than uh, typical. Game balls. Tressway, Brian. JP's tech was not flawless, but he was saying Brian Robinson. I'm going to say Christian Holmes for getting in on that muff punt that was in a ugly dog pile. Pulling it out was probably the play of the game. Mitch, John Allen played really well. Played hurt. He was seemed to be struggling to the second half. Uh, first interception of his career, I believe. Uh, plus, having had at least a half sack, played played well up front. That interception was a gift from the gods and a really nice job of him tracking a ball that went straight we up into the sky. F.E. Obata claims that he tried to hit it. <laughs> I watched it I, back. He just was standing there and the ball blasted him in the forehead. He did nothing I think F.A. said sort. that tongue-in-cheek also. Yeah. That was pretty tongue-in-cheek from F.A. saying about his soccer background. Yeah, he's a cheeky so, little bloke. Last thing, and I'm running across – M Street Southeast to get a coffee because I'm tired as fuck. Um, so, where would you rather be? The Bears with Fields, where you don't really know what you got, but you got a hell of an athletic, tough kid, or wherever the commanders are? I would basically trade spots with anyone to be away from where the commanders are with a head coach that is heading towards Fireville, a quarterback that we all pretty much have figured out what he can do and all the other swirling stuff. So Fields looks like paradise right now, even though he's being mismanaged and that team is pretty barren elsewhere. Yeah, I, I kind of agree with Pete. I, I think that having a guy that may be the guy that at least has shown some spark of being a, 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 a QB of the future type guy, gives me any more hope than what Washington has right now, which is just a 
$30 million boat anchor uh, at quarterback. <laughs> and you're going to have to so, figure out how to, how to jettison that thing off the bow and, and, and get a, get a drift in the sea and try and find some new fish that's going to, that's going to really go on with this metaphor, huh? He just <laughs> yeah. can't stop himself. I just, I just kept going and going with it. But yeah, I, I, um, at least Fields might be the guy. So I'd rather, I'd rather at least possibly have the guy and try and figure it out. Yeah. My only counter is Washington's closer to getting to blow everything up and maybe start over. Whereas the bears, if you have a, a young quarterback like that, who might be the guy, you can't get rid of them. But their team is awful. Like, I'm not necessarily saying who would you rather be for week seven, right? But, like, if I'm looking big picture, you could cut Carson. Like, Carson's gone, dude. If anybody doesn't think that, they're nuts. And then I'm now at CBS, so all our listeners know I need new nose spray. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but whatever happens with the staff, if they stay, if they go – there's going to be massive changes, and I think they're tracking towards a top five, top ten pick. Maybe at some point you see what you have in Howell. Like, I don't know, man. I, I just – I don't know. The, the tiniest compliment I'll give to Carson is while those blocks are funny and they go viral, I do think that resonates with this team. Like, seeing your quarterback lay out a top-line totally. linebacker, that's, that's really, really good stuff. And that is – you'll hear Brian Robinson after we're done from JP's one-on-one interview as he scans his nose spray, talk about what that meant to him personally. So Wentz, whatever uh, favor he loses when he's spraying the ball all over the place, I think he gains it by sticking his uh, head in there and trying to help his running back pick up a few extra yards. So that is something I want to compliment him on. Yeah, I agree with that, dude. Um, yeah, I, I think Mitch think, is trying to think of more fish and, and water metaphors. I think with Carson, dude, and, and we've been saying this, whatever bad locker room guy, any of that stuff, none of that seems to exist here. So, yeah, um, yeah you and, can suck at playing quarterback, and that's fine. It's understandable. At least he doesn't suck as a person, at least as of now, and that is something he can control, and he's doing a hell of a job of doing that. Totally. I totally agree. Um all right, I got to run, boys. I got to go do radio. But okay, I think JP, I won over unders this week. Just so you know. No, I don't think so. Actually, I think right. you did. But I think I've won all my hundred chips. You did. I you was, won more than I, that. By the way, I nobody cares. Close doesn't count in Benji bets. But I had Washington scoring twelve points, and if the Bears scored that last touchdown, I might have won two Benji bets in a row. Good for you, Pete. Well, Pete, I'm sure <laughs> Mitch would have paid you by Thanksgiving. <laughs> Mitch got me right on uh, on this weekend, so I appreciate that. Mitch right, paid me uh, for golf, for the record. Good. Mitch is finally solvent. All right. Well, <laughs> JP, you can say bye at any time. Thank you for doing this, yep. and good luck on your four-hour radio show. Uh, Mitch, 100 chips. JP had Brian Robinson to score. That worked. That was a plus 270 bet, a big winner. JP Damn. up to 170 on the season, that now boy. leading the standings. Mitch had Justin Fields over 40 and a half <sighs> rush yards. Fields got 36 on that late run where Bobby McCain made the single worst tackle attempt in professional sports and any kind of tackle of any field on any sport. Um, Hi boys, I got to go. Goodbye. Have fun. He, e he easily eclipsed that mark, so Mitch gets 100 chips for that. It's up to 35 on the year. I had Terry to score. That didn't work, so I'm down to minus 105. Mitch, anything to add before I move on? Okay, I think your tech might be broken. I might be doing the solo pod.
Over-unders, the roller coaster index was two and a half. JP and Mitch went over. I went under. Peter wins. Team running back rush yards was 89 and a half because that's what Washington was averaging on the ground. JP went under. Mitch and Pete went over. That's a win for both of us and a loss for JP. Lastly, Fields pass yards, 175.5. JP and Mitch went under. I went over. That means I was 3-0. and I pick up my second over-under win of the season. JP and Mitch both have won. And... Lastly, the Benji bet, no winners. Um, JP did predict a victory for Washington, though, so he wins in that regard. Mitch, do you have any other topics you'd like to discuss now that JP's gone? Do you want to talk about his hair or how he was in Chicago or anything more about the game? Well, I think we need to do uh, – That's a great point. Yes, we do. What Made You Smile is brought to you by teethkeepers.com. They provide quality dental and vision care you might need some vision care after that ghastly four-quarter game we all watched on thursday evening mitch what made you smile pal i'm i'm almost partially glad jp's not here because i i don't know how he would react to it but uh there's there's a uh a pod listener uh david wade who messaged me weeks or months ago that uh for birthday present he got tickets to his game and I saw him for five minutes before the game, right before the game started. It was the second NFL game that he'd ever been to, first time uh, at Soldier Field, and he was kind of downright giddy uh, for the game and for for watching the the Commanders play. And with all the avalanche that we're buried under right now, it's it's always a, a good reminder, like a, a good like you know, wake 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 me up a little bit to to, to see like the the fandom is still is is there and like. People still get super excited about seeing this team play and watching the watching the Commanders play, and it, it just uh, kind of you know it was a felt like all of Chicago was was in a was in a haze or a fog, and it felt it felt good to to kind of clear from that for a few minutes and, and see some true excitement, some true uh, you know uh, anticipation for uh, for an NFL game and for the Commanders. I love that. It is so true. We are so stuck in this and have to handle all the negative stuff in addition to the few positive notes we get. So seeing just regular old fans go to a game and enjoy being at a game and want to win and not care about the swirling stuff around it is refreshing. So I'm happy that you brought that up. I tweeted about Tyler Larson starting at center and it got 150 likes. It was the most boring tweet ever. So there are people who still care about this. There's far fewer than ever before, but the ones who do, we appreciate you for sticking with it. Um, My what made you smile brought to you by teethkeepers.com was that last goal line stand. I was grimacing as it happened, but a James Smith Williams pass deflection on second down Derek Forrest fighting his ass off in the back of the end zone to do whatever he could to force that incompletion. And then Benjamin St. Juiced ripping the ball out of Mooney's hands at that last second when it sure looked like that could have been just a crushing touchdown. So Washington last week on the goal line, they're the offense that sputtered out. This week, hats off to that defense. Their opponent, not very good at offense, but still holding a team to seven points, making three stands deep in the red zone, two on the goal line. That made me smile. And also, now we have a weekend where we can at least pretend like all is right for 48 to 72 hours. I will say this, Pete. I'm trying to pull up the the tweet now. The Bears were the first team in 40 Ah. years to rush for at least 240 yards and score no more than seven points. Fourth team in NFL history to have 200-plus rushing yards and 150-plus passing yards 
and score no more than seven points. Say what you want about the defense, and they weren't they weren't perfect, they weren't great, but those numbers are are, are pretty damning to the Bears' offense and pretty complimentary to what the uh, Commanders were able to do, especially on those uh, those goal line stands. And, and we talked about the defense needing to get a turnover, or do something to to kind of spark the offense. I think that first goal line stand they had really kind of kind of gave the uh, the team a, a kick in a kick in the pants to to get going a little bit. Uh, it was good to see that. You're right. That made me smile too, Pete. Hey, thank you, Mitch. And what makes me smile is that you are hopefully home and can hang out with Carver and not do a whole lot today or tomorrow or Sunday. I think that's it for us. We'll be back. The team doesn't practice on Monday, so the next practice is on Tuesday. I'd assume that's when we record a podcast again. Uh, I don't know, Commanders fans. Maybe maybe now that this happened, just, just forget about this team for a little. Go. Go eat at your favorite restaurant, drink your favorite IPA, and just watch other teams play football on Sunday and allow yourself to imagine what that would be like in a handful of years. Mitch, welcome home. Miss you, and I'll see you when I see you. Real quick, Pete. This yes. is a great weekend of football. Everyone can sit back with a win under their belt, feel however you feel. We got Tennessee, Bama. We got KC, Buffalo on Sunday. Let's go to Brian Robinson, and let's uh, let's enjoy that, that, that victory a little bit. How you feeling? Uh, your first NFL win, your first NFL touchdown. How how much are you enjoying this moment? Man, this moment is great right now. I'm so excited. Like for the past six weeks, you know, you know everybody know the story of just how how things been. You know, just getting back out here on the field was one thing for me, but to be able to come out here and start the game and you know kind of lead my team to the victory on the road, you know, it's big time for us, man. It's just you know something we could definitely grow on. You know, uh, you know, kind of build up on this momentum. You know, get back and you know, just find new ways to get better. And you know, I'm just gonna continue to you know work on myself. You know, come in week in and week out, just you know, find ways to improve. You know, help my team. So the Bears muffed that punt deep in their territory. You know, it's gonna be first and goal situation. What goes through your mind? Do you want the ball in those spots? Of course, I want the ball in those spots. You know, what going through my head is you know, let's run the ball in. You know, uh, perfect opportunity. You know, to hand the ball off. You know. You know, we got four downs to go six yards. You know, why not run the ball? So, you know, I'm glad they, you know, they counted on me. You know, they trusted, you know, that I'll, you know, get the yards needed, you know, to make a play. And uh, see what happened at the end. And then almost perhaps more important, you guys get the ball, two and a half minutes left. The plan in that spot is to run out the clock. Right. I, I tweeted out in the moment. I said, this is what you drafted Brian Robinson for. Right. You you get the first down. You pick up a couple more first downs. You, you're in position to kick, you know, a, a, a game finishing field goal. They missed the kick, but what did you make of those carries in that kind of high pressure situation late in the game? My plan was to ice it. You know, uh, had I picked up maybe one more first down, you know, we could have, you know, entered the game without, you know, putting our defense back on the field. You know, so that's something, you know, I need to, you know, kind of look myself in the mirror and, you know, clean up. It was one run where I kind of stumbled. And um, I didn't get the yardage needed, and we had to bring out the kicking unit. So uh, in those moments, you know, that's where, you know, we got to be the most most efficient on the ground, you know, and, you know, pick up, you know, one more first down, we put that game away. So, uh, you know, that's something I'm going to work on, you know, try to pick my I got to stop you. Bama guys, this is classic Bama guys. 60 rushing yards and the game-winning touchdown, and, and you're thinking about the one play that didn't go that way. You know, we always, you know, you know, just, you know, stay humble, you know, always find a way, you know, find ways to get better. You know, that's how we do it. You know, at Bama, you know, we always, you know, just stay humble, you know, with our success, you know, always find new ways to get better. 
what does this mean to you and your family? I, I know how close you are with your mom and just considering where this was August 27th, considering where you were on August 27th, the day you were robbed and shot. And this means so much to me and my family. You know, uh, I know they're so happy inside just to see me back out on the field, you know, and, you know, to see me have the opportunities that I had, you know, I got tonight, you know, I, I just know they, they're extremely happy for me back home right now. As a team, I, I assume you could hear those chants over there, and, and there's so much noise surrounding the team. How do you guys come together in these moments? I mean, you know, we hear the noise, we hear the doubt. You know, that 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 never that that that's gonna go on forever. You know, we always gonna have you know people that doubt us. We always gonna have haters. You know, we just gotta you know stay as a unit. You know, and you know kind of stay together and find a way to you know silence that that doubt, silence that noise, and you know find a way to come and pull out wins like how we did tonight. Just a tremendous story, and Brian, congratulations. Uh, he's still got his game uniform on. I think we should let this guy go shower up and probably warm up, but congratulations, man. Thank really you. cool moment. Thank you. Awesome. Thanks so much, JP. JP, awesome. want to buy us appreciate it. Yeah, JP, don't want nobody I know. Gosh, Tell we wanted Brian, to ask him a few questions. Salute, brother. I, uh, ask a question. Brian, ask a question. Brian, Jordan uh, Giorgio here in studio. I got to ask you, have you been able to see or did you even notice your quarterback, Carson Wentz, blocking Roquan Smith for you on that scoring drive? Actually, I didn't see it like that until they just showed me up there. But he did <laughs> remind me on the sideline that he had threw a block for me. Yeah, he so, did. Uh, <laughs> what did he say? What he say? He said, "This is the second week in a row where uh, he's threw a block for me on the perimeter." And look, he been blocking like I ain't even like ah. That's a serious <laughs> block. So, so Carson, Carson been out here. Carson been out here pancaking guys for me on the perimeter. Man. Look, I love to see it. You owe him some dinner or something. What? Oh, I owe him big time. What does that mean for you when you see a veteran quarterback like that put it on yeah. the line? That's just competitive spirit. That's just that's just the want to win. You know, you know, throwing blocks, you know, down here in the five yard lines. That shows, you know, me. That shows, you know, guys on the whole offense that you want to win, and you know, you you don't mind going and put your, putting your body on the line, you know, to put us in a position to win. You know, you know, and that's great. That's great for our team. That's great for our quarterback. It's great Brian, for all of us. Brian, this is our Brian Mitchell man. Congratulations on the game and on the, your first touchdown. But you know, anytime we deal with situations, we go through stuff. We grow a different way. What has this whole ordeal done for you? I mean, I don't have no. I have nothing but time to grow throughout this time. Like, I really had to, you know, kind of step in my shoes and, you know, be a man about the whole situation. You know, uh, it's not an immature situation. You know, it's something you definitely gotta, you know, kind of put your big big boy pants on if you know you want to, you know, make it out on top. You know, you want to handle it the right way. You know, you definitely gotta, you know, be a man about the whole situation. So I've definitely grown through this situation. You know. Uh, like I said, you know, I, I'm thankful for, you know, everybody who's been in my corner to help me, you know, and guide me and just keep my head on. This is a naked pod.